An ancient quest for vengeance. A man who wants to rule the world. Or simply, swords, magic, and babes. All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Conan the Barbarian on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro vs. Remake. Remake, the series where we discuss films and their remakes. Join us as we ask the question, should this remake exist? Today's episode, Conan the Barbarian. So let's jump right into it. Conan the Barbarian, 1982, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Earl Jones, Sandal Bergman, Jerry Lopez, Max von Sydow, and Mako Iwamatsu, directed by John Milius. And just uh, some stuff he did. Uh, he did the Red Dawn, the original Red Dawn, which we're going to have to eventually do because they made a remake of that, too. And he also uh, was co-creator of the Rome series. I don't know if you've seen that. That's uh, a series I definitely enjoyed. Got rushed during season two, unfortunately, though. Screenplay by Oliver Stone, but rewritten by John Milius. And music by Basil Pulduris. And I just put a film that he's notorious for is Robocop. I love the soundtrack to Robocop. And uh, that's another episode we're going to have to do okay. one day. <laughs> All right. Conan the Barbarian, 2011, starring Jason Momoa, Rachel Nicholas, Stephen Lang, Rose McGowan, Nanso Anozi, Ron Perlman, and Morgan Freeman. Directed by Marcus Mispel. And he's not really known for directing movies but he has directed a few music videos so i put some of uh, the hits that people might know so cnc music factory gonna make you sweat everybody dance now excellent no doubt spiderwebs gloria stefan turn the beat around and of course spice girls spice up your life this is the man who's directing this conan movie. wow so take that we'll do that with whatever you want uh screenplay by thomas dean donnelly Joshua Oppenheimer and Sean Hood. Yes, three different writers for this one. And music by Tyler Bates. I just want to say that both films are based on the character written by Robert E. Howard in 1932. So the remake isn't exactly a remake because it's not it's not based on that original Arnold film. It's more based just on the character and then they kind of took liberties. The original did too. They took a lot of liberties and they sort of combined other characters that robert e howard made in the past too so none of these are really based on specifically a specific thing they kind of took where they wanted to for both of these films anyways what is your first experience with either film first experience with the arnold film was uh definitely in college i don't know if you remember there was a video that came out uh that was basically conan the barbarian as a musical that's on youtube if you want to check it out and I haven't seen that one. I saw the Predator musical one, though. Oh, that's great. So I didn't see the, didn't see the Conan it's, one. It's exactly like that. <laughs> so <laughs> we watched that on YouTube and had like a, a Conan sort of movie night uh, a few weeks after that. So I've definitely seen that film at least a few, few times in my life. And the remake, it's possible that I, I'd seen it at some point because, you know, like 300 and things like that were popular at the time. We did like Clash of the Titans, but uh, 
I don't recall seeing it, so I think this is my first time watching it. Hmm. Nice. This is my first time seeing either film. Oh, wow. I have never seen the original Conan the Barbarian. Whoa. I've seen, yeah, I've seen clips of it, and you know, I know it's like the movie that got Arnold's kind of in the stratosphere and like launched his career, but I've never seen it. Never had any particular interest to in seeing it. I was like, I think I get it, and well, now, uh, now I know, Reggie. Yep. Now I know everything there is to know. To except that I didn't. Yeah, thank you. I didn't see Destroyer though. I don't, I don't know if I want to see that one, but. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm coming to this with fresh eyes. There you go. And these are very different films, like I said before. Before we get into the the differences, the, my synopsis here is very brief because there's not much that's similar except that there's a guy named Conan and he wants vengeance. That's kind of the only similarity in both films. But uh, let's see what I came up with. So here we go. Conan's parents were murdered when he was a child. His father's sword was even taken by the murderer. Eventually, he goes up seeking vengeance for the murders. Along the way, there's lots of action and sex. He gets allies occasionally. He finally, he finds the man responsible for his vengeance. He vows to face him alone. Lots of action ensues. He fails. He goes and he fights him again. Lots of more action ensues. Conan eventually wins the end yeah so it's uh you know it's a very brief synopsis but let's face it i don't think these conan movers are known for their deep plots so i think you i think you got it yeah <laughs> i think it's a pretty easy story to follow i mean i don't think anybody's gonna be complaining <laughs> when they listen to this but um they are very different films yeah. um like i said really the only thing that's similar is that there's a guy named conan in it um, so maybe we can focus on that for our first talking point, the Conans. Yeah. Differences there. And then kind of branch off and talk about whatever. That makes sense. Just start off as we have our Conan, uh, just Conan, no other names, <laughs> portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 1982 film and Jason Momoa in the 2011 film. All right. Uh, I guess the best place to start with our Conans is sort of their childhood, both films start there with the young Conan, so at least there's one similar thing happening in both films. The original Conan, we meet him, he's already, I don't know, maybe five, six, he's already a child, he's not a baby still, but the, that's not the case in the remake. No. Where do you want to start there? <laughs> well, in the remake, Conan hasn't even been born yet, really, at the beginning of the film. Uh, his, mm. uh, his pregnant mother is in the middle of some epic battle and uh, <laughs> gets stabbed in the gut. And this Conan is not born uh, like a typical man. He's born of blood because he was uh, a battle-born Conan. <laughs> <laughs> so that means he's violent, yeah. right? That's what that means, I guess. Yeah, he, he's destined for greatness of some sort because of his violent birth. And uh, that, that definitely is a big plot point for this Conan starting out. It's it's a little uh, ahead of their time with a, a C-section being performed on the battlefield there by uh, the father, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting way to present the character. It sort of puts him in that sort of myth and, and lore aspect of uh, what these films go for. I sort of would rather get to see my character when it kind of matters <laughs> um, a little bit. I don't know. It, it's such a weird choice because I, I don't think I've ever seen that in a film <laughs> to have uh, your, your character being born in a fight 
And then, <clears throat> like you said, the uh, the battlefield C section. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I like I like the voiceover and the in the lore of it because it feels like we're jumping right into the action. But there's something to be said about the original. Just all right, he's an age, and we can relate to <laughs> a young child and his father. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's it. When you think about it, it's pretty dumb <laughs> that that's how they had to do it. But I guess they're going for like, what's the most metal way that Conan could be born yeah. in the middle of a battlefield? This is Conan. So. um... I think I understand why they did what they did, right. but it's, it's pretty silly. <laughs> At the end, of the, like she's fighting by herself for some reason. I guess I'll leave my pregnant wife to fight yeah. for herself. The husband's there, portrayed by Ron Perlman, and uh, he's not protecting her. And uh, she, you know, this woman is nine months pregnant, and I don't know, but I'm gonna assume it's pretty difficult to fight in a war when you're nine yeah. months pregnant. So I, I think somebody would be helping her, but she's pretty much fending for herself, and uh, she does get stabbed, and has to Conan has to be born somehow. So uh, we got to cut into her, and uh, it's it's it, I like do I do like what you said, like I like kind of like broadens the myth, like this man was born in battle, like that's a cool thing, right? But uh, when you actually see it, <laughs> right? I think it's it does it does like that's a little silly. Um, yeah, and I mean, so, like, and when you say see, I mean, you get to see it. They they go through the effort of like CGIing like the womb, <laughs> the, the baby next to the blade, and like it's just like you said. Like I do like the myth, and like <laughs> you know, it feels like one of those things where like you're swinging a beer in like a pub, and it's like yeah, and then Conan like it's just fucking crazy. This guy came out of nowhere. And he was seven feet tall, and like it just makes him more like you said, metal and more epic. But uh. I don't know the the logistics. I think they 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 should have probably just like glossed over it a little bit more. But um, it does sort of start to bring us to one of our actual big differences of these Conans because he's so metal and um, this young Conan is a lot more violent than the uh, the other young Conan. Yes, because like the original film, you know, you see the father. He's he's talking he's talking to his son about um, battle and just like his general philosophy on the world and how. I don't know. It's it's just a much more calm setting, so mm-hmm. that when we get into uh, sort of the violence that you see in both films, of uh, both these young Conans lose their parents, as you said in the synopsis, and the way you see it in the original film, you're kind of going from this sort of serene, sort of peacetime aspect for Conan, and then seeing him thrust into violence, whereas the remake is just like <laughs> you you don't even get a chance to be born before you're in a in a, in a fight. <laughs> like it's like epic but i have i have no backdrop for it and like the film is constantly like i guess that's part of it they're a warring sort of barbarian tribe from the jump it's just like let's go let's go and 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 i think there is something to be said about the original sort of easing you into the scenario it's a little bit more relatable i think definitely a lot more relatable and i don't know if we're supposed to feel anything because like that's when we first meet the mom in the remake and are we supposed to be sad that she's dying? We don't really know who this character is at all. Right. And it's like, you know, she's never brought up again. Nope. It's like the dad's never like, man, I miss your mom or anything like that. So at least in the original, like Conan spends a little bit of time with both of his parents before they're taken from him. So we know he has a connection with them. Right. I mean, he does spend time with the dad, obviously, as uh, we'll get to. I think, it, I guess, overall, it's a little more absurd than it is cool right. <laughs> what happens in the remake. Right. Yeah, it, it's like... Aspects of it are cool, but then we're kind of pointing out the sort of goofy parts that they chose to include. I think that there was a way to do that without it being, 
I think I think honestly, just cutting out the CGI baby part would probably help you because like, <laughs> like it's just weird that they felt the need to animate that. You know, it's just like you get the same effect if she gets stabbed in the field and then Ron Perlman shows up. So, like I said, it's it's just doing this quick. <laughs> You're in it, dude. Like, and they just try well, to rip you right into it. And I think they were better off sort of slowing it down a little bit. Yeah, it is absurd. It's like the first thing, before Conan even saw another human, he saw a sword in his mother's belly while he yeah. was there. Metal Conan. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but, you know, granted the source material, it's not like, wow, I can't get into this movie now because right. that was just so stupid. It's like, all right, this is the kind of movie we're in. And, you know, I know the original source material, so it's not too far removed from that absurd world of this aggressive violence that we're going to enter in, in moments because when he's still a kid in the remake he's pretty violent yes too. yes and should we move on to the older conan yeah i think so um i do want to say i know it's a line in the uh the remake and i'm i can't quite place it i don't have it in my notes exactly but uh i think his friend at one point says you know most men were born of like their mother's like breasts or you know and conan was born like blood so like they really want you to see that distinction that normal guys get born <laughs> the old-fashioned way this conan guy is like badass and um to your point when you're talking about the young conan in the remake that that trend continues yeah i mean that trend continues when he's a kid but i don't really get that vibe from the adult conan so much that he's this like kind of bloodthirsty like need to fight all the time kind of guy he definitely is a lot more laid back as an adult definitely more momoa (laughs) more that influence there um i'd say i know we're getting ahead of ourselves but i'd say like arnold kind of represents that like like, if you told me like which one of these guys do you think was born of their mother like on a battlefield it'd be like that guy (laughs) definitely that guy pointing at arnold well it it does continue when uh, we see adolescent conan i don't think it carries throughout the rest of the film i think that what could account for that is sort of the main difference that we have between these two conans is that the father is still there and is sort of trying to teach him that lesson because he, he's saying like you're not ready for the sword because he mm-hmm. he's all fire um as we'll get to and no ice <laughs> no um, ice <laughs> it's like um I guess to, to even start talking about that. So the difference between both our cones in the original film, you know, moments after that introduction to the father and his sort of philosophy on life, their village is sort of immediately attacked by a horde that includes the big bad, which we'll get into. And right there in that moment, his father's killed. And then his mother's head is literally lopped off um, <laughs> while he's right in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's still holding her hand when her sort of body falls. And it's that type of, scenery actually i think is more powerful than the born in blood scene you know it's like they're kind of the equivalent um Mm -hmm. in a way but like you don't see the gruesome thing you just see boom you hear the the head fall you see like her no longer grasping his hand and it's like that's a powerful moment to me and sort of shows this like kind of tragic pathway that conan's gonna have to go through as a youth so although we don't see a lot of uh that youth, which is changed completely in a remake, you kind of get it, like you said, like you, you, you get what, why he's sort of motivated in that moment, in, in this sort of formative moment in his life that he 
you know, his parents were violently taken from him, and it, it sort of started to forge his pathway. Yeah, he was there when his mom died in the original, but they kind of they kind of did that with his dad in the remake. Like he he was there to try to, his best to save him. But I, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk a little bit about that remake, Conan, yeah. before uh, he witnessed his dad's death. So, like you said, in the original Conan, he's kind of this normal kid witnesses his parents' death. In the remake, we don't kind of have a normal Conan. We kind of have this psycho Conan who's like <laughs> amazingly violent and powerful. Yeah. For some reason, I guess there's like uh, they're trying to find. They're trying to recruit the youth, uh, I guess, to join their army. I'm, that's what I'm assuming. And then there's a test they have to pass. They have to do something with, like, an egg in their mouth. And if they come back and the egg isn't hatched or cracked, then they can join them in the battle. Kind of what I got from it. Yeah, like, um, sort of my take on it was, uh, was like, that was kind of like a rite of passage, you know, for this sort of warrior class or, like, warrior tribe, you know, of mm-hmm. barbarians, I guess. But, um... In that little exchange, before it get like it ramps up quite a bit, but uh, in that little exchange, you know, when you first see Conan as like a, a young Conan, you, you notice that he hasn't done his chores, and his father's kind of getting him on on that, but he still lets him do the egg challenge, as it were, <laughs> uh, hashtag egg challenge. <laughs> and it's basically it is sort of that balance that we were talking about, uh, the fire and ice, where you have this delicate thing, this egg that you have to not have crack while you're doing all this violent stuff because they're basically like kicking each other's asses as they're running up this hill and like it's kind of it's kind of like a nuts exchange but i do appreciate again them showing this sort of violent beginning and like even the children are sort of Mm -hmm. part of that yeah um should i go on yeah yeah Okay, and then, uh, so there's this challenge. Uh, I don't exactly know what they're doing. I know they have the eggs, and they have to return with the egg on crack, but are they supposed to get something, or are they just supposed to fight each other? I wasn't clear to the purpose of it. Yeah, it just seemed like it's one of those weird things. First one up the hill and back with the egg wins, you know, and it's, I guess, supposed to teach you a lesson, right? Right of passage stuff. Sure. (laughs) So they're doing this. There's a bunch of the kids, and then Conan, you know, like you said, he shows up at the end. He's like, well, can I go too? He's like, all right, fine, why not? Here's an egg. Uh, and then they go, and while they're running, and they're all fighting each other, like you said, um, all of a sudden there's these other, like, four, I guess, just wild enemies, random enemies, yeah. that are wanting to kill them. And every kid just like, all right, <laughs> see ya. I'm not, this, I'm, this is not worth it, but not Conan. Conan's like, I think I could take them, and I'll be damned if that little kid yeah. doesn't kill those four adult men <laughs> in cold blood. Violent. And then... Sever all of their heads yep. and return with the egg uncracked. <laughs> That's mean, right. Damn. Where's this egg, dude? Because he's doing a lot of screaming and like you know, yelling. It's like I don't see the egg. It's like I saw I saw the baby in the womb, but I'm not seeing this egg. <laughs> it's a absurd but cool sequence, which I think that may be a trend that we were gonna say a few times for this film, but um. It starts in that sort of scrum of them running up the hill, and they're, like, throwing each other in the trees and stuff like that. And then it continues to this, like, little, like, 11, 12 tops. I'm giving you, like, this guy's age. And yeah. <laughs> he's doing backflips. He's slamming people's heads in the stones. He's, like, slamming them in the trees, killing guys, chopping their uh, heads off, crushing their skulls with rocks. <laughs> like, there's only four guys. I think I described seven different ways people got killed. <laughs> got killed. <laughs> And and then like he's just like you say he's this crazy blood curdling youth that's just 
screams his way into a scenario that is unwinnable, and he wins, and he brings back the heads, and he's got the bloody face, and the, the entire village of tough guy barbarians <laughs> is recoiling in horror as a small child. I can't believe we're describing the film. Um, as a small child <laughs> just drops these like enemy heads at his father's feet. He's like, what now? You know? It's yeah. It was it was pretty insane, but I'd say like that hooked me. I was like, this. Yeah. This is this is very different, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's a good action sequence. You know, it was absurd, and you know, but you kind of expect it going into a Conan movie. So uh, I enjoyed that whole sequence. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I couldn't believe what was happening. It was it was pretty cool. <laughs> totally. And um, again, this movie sets its tone. It tells you exactly what you're getting into. So if if you didn't get it in the first scene and <laughs> this isn't for you in the second scene, trust me, they're not gonna really put the brakes on after this. So it's wild, dude. It's a wild, cool sort of intro to this character. And um, you know, as that sort of continues, his father in the very next scene is sees him like swing the sword around. He's yelling. He's violent. He's starting to try to teach him like about kind of balance because this Conan is very unbalanced at this point <laughs> in his life. <laughs> It's very much the fire, and his dad's trying to get that ice idea in his head. Fire and ice. Uh, he forges a sword. He's like, what's the most important part of it? The fire or the ice? He's like, fire? Ice? He's like, foolish boy! It's both! He's <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, and then, I guess shortly after that is uh, when the village gets attacked, and then uh, pretty much everybody dies, <laughs> yeah. except for Conan. That's when we kind of learn also about the plot. Yes, uh, that is the remake. That is a, a good point that uh, the plot does begin after uh, these sequences. You know, it's cool. It's kind of the equivalent of the first movie where the dad's like has his own philosophy, his own sort of fire and ice, uh, steel and man sort of situation. And this remake has the same thing. Perlman trains him for like a, a little bit, like you said, and he just kind of, eh. <laughs> we got a battle now. I think what's kind of epic about that scene is sort of his equivalent of the parent getting the head lopped off is he has to like keep this like forge above his father you know so like that's how he gets to see his father killed like it's like he's involved in the act you know it's it's pretty mm. pretty wild um and actually not a bad springboard for the the plot i guess <laughs> no it's not too bad at all because it's because like you said he's involved so it's like he could almost grow up with like man if only i was stronger right or could have done something to save him. So it's it's this chip on his shoulder that the movie doesn't really address the rest of the movie. Yeah. But it, it was the you know it was there. They could have like built on that man. If I was only stronger, I could have saved my father. Maybe saved more people in the village. But it's still pretty horrific to be there while uh, your dad dies. I guess yeah. so. Uh, still, it's pretty intense stuff in that remake. Yeah, yeah. But now you you bring up a good point that that could have been played back because. Uh... You know, when you do get to the the big bad, um, they they meet multiple times, and like that that interaction is referenced with actually several characters in in the film. Um, you would think that maybe they would have like mentioned, it's like, oh, you you were weak then, or you're weak now, like you said. And I think it would, yeah. as a motivator, I think that that would have made sense. But uh, it's sort of like a missed opportunity that doesn't hurt much, but like it would have been nice <clears throat> to see it in the film. Yeah. Uh, we forgot, also forgot to mention uh, before. Conan is sort of struggling there to save his dad. He does cut a dude's nose off. He does, yeah. Another violent <laughs> scene there, uh, who's an important character later in the remake. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Can't can't forget that he does like maim a few people because he even gets a 
even gets a cut off on the ear of the bad guy. So yeah, maybe they should just have like a bunch of those kids like around because. <laughs> Just need a bunch of kids born in battle. All right, all of the pregnant women, go to the front line. (laughs) It's okay if you die. We'll we'll get your baby out. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. But um, to your point, do we want to talk about the father before we talk about the bad guy? Or I mean, yeah, go into the father a little bit more, and then we can go into the bad guy before going into more of Conan's life. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Because we're right there. We're, like, teetering on this edge of what, sort of the inciting incident in both films are but uh because they are major characters despite screen time for some of them uh the father is an important figure in uh both films conan's father and original william smith we don't spend very much screen time with him at all he basically does that folly thing of and never forget son and you know immediately gets cut down in battle yeah. afterwards <laughs> but uh ron perlman is much more of a major figure before the movie really starts to catch and i think that along the lines of what we we're saying is he he has the tragic sort of situation of having lost his his wife and now he's raising his son he's trying to teach his son about balance in his life in a way that um i think again it feels like a lot of this groundwork like you said is being made in these scenes that should have played out a little bit more in the end game we'll talk about it a little bit more but it just felt like you're, we spent so much time with Ron Perlman and his lessons, you know, that shouldn't have come back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's never really addressed again. You could almost come into the movie after his dad dies and you really wouldn't miss too much when it comes to plot. Cause it's never, I can't really recall him like ever like referencing his father and maybe he said it like why he wants to go after the big baddie, but like the lessons of his, that his father taught him. Certainly I don't remember him using any of those lessons or really incorporating that ice into his fire too much. No, you don't see that, but I guess the surrogate for that in the film is, is the sword. I guess the sword has a little bit more, uh, Conan's sword has a little bit more significant. Well, actually, no, that's not true. They're both very (laughs) significant swords. Uh, And what I do like about sort of uh, the Perlman character, like we are missing his lessons later in the film but you know we do get sort of this added significance uh not significance but just added time with uh his father's sword and sort of the origins of his father's sword in the remake that aren't quite as apparent in the original Um, yeah it's it's honestly it's kind of the same thing like your your dad's sword was taken and you get it back at the end um it's definitely harder to spot in the original like if you blink and you miss it it's like i was like wait he got the sword back he lost the sword and he got it back i didn't even know that like i i really didn't know that happened in the original until i reread the synopsis on wikipedia so it's definitely more apparent in the remake that this sword is pretty important and he needs to get his dad's sword back yeah and to that point it's like the fact that we even sort of end in the same sort of place with the same motivation does show you that the inclusion of Ron Perlman, I feel, uh, is is good for the film, and like it's good to flesh out his youth a little bit more. But I just, like we were saying, I wish that that had been a sort of lasting effect on the film. Overall, we don't see William Smith much. <laughs> we see a lot more Ron <laughs> Perlman, but because of the nature of the films, I think they're plot-wise, it's an equivalent yeah. scenario. I guess. Because, like, we actually see, like, Conan in the remake, like, doing, like, physical stuff, like, actually, like, training to become a warrior. Like, 
I'll give a little bit more points to the remake because like I'm actually seeing like Conan learn how to fight as a youth in the remake as opposed to the original where he doesn't fight at all until he's an adult. Yeah, the action sort of scenes in the remake in his youth show you these early origins of this this bloodborne battle maniac. And yeah, in the the original they just kinda and then he's fighting guys, and this is he read some books and banged some ladies. Yeah. Well, we'll we're getting ahead because yeah, uh, we just wanted to talk about the dads. Should we just talk about the big baddies first um, before we get into adult Conan? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So our big bads, we have Falsa Doom, played by James Earl Jones, wearing blue contacts, which is weird for me. And then we have Kalaris Zim, played by Stephen Lang in the remake and they're very different villains and they have very different motivations for uh, i guess their evil ways do you want to start with what false doom exactly is because i had a little trouble figuring out his motivation as opposed to zim's yeah so okay <laughs> i had i was like what is his deal <laughs> all right go go for it so yeah i think i think you're kind of hitting on the point that there's not really a point is there it's also <laughs> like, he, he's just uh more or less a cult leader you know he roams yeah. the land and pretty much does what he wants and gets more followers and anyone that stands in his way he'll, he'll dispel of them however whatever it takes so we don't get a lot of the motivation of why he's doing anything that he's doing but we do get to see a lot of how it works you know like we actually get to see all right so you got this religious cult snake gods and all that stuff and you you are able to convince people to follow you and fight for you and that's that's his greatest power besides some uh some cool little magic trickery <laughs> <laughs> from time so to he's time. pretty much this guy who's like had a lot of power for a long time like he said in one point in the movie like for thousands of years so like he's thousand years old at least is that wasn't just like a a thing he was saying okay so he just has this power he's just conquering people getting followers like you said and then just doing whatever he can to keep that power pretty much i mean that that seems to be it okay like you said uh we though we don't get his motivation we do get some of his ideology and i guess would be sort of an iconic scene is uh when he talks about this the strength of uh, flesh versus steel. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, like, these barbarians live by the sword, but, like, he, I guess, as he mentioned, like, it doesn't matter if I can, if I can kill you or not, if I can convince other people to do my bidding, then I'm more or less all-powerful, is sort of his mm-hmm. take. And I guess, you know, it's it's not very well described, but neither is any of the magic in any of the films. Uh, <laughs> um, why he could be that old, but I guess whatever power his snake god the snake power <laughs> you know without getting too deep into it but like in that film um gods are important and everyone sort of has their own gods so mm-hmm. i guess that that's his motivation he, he's worshiping his his god and that's what his god wants him to do go take over <laughs> villages and get more slaves <laughs> yeah i was just a little confused i was like 
okay, this guy's pretty powerful. I was just trying to figure out what his deal was. And, you know, he right. was able to make someone jump to their death, which is, okay, that's definitely a display of power yeah. um, <laughs> that most cult leaders uh, can probably do. Uh, but it was just, I wasn't sure if he was trying to get more powerful or if he just wasn't powerful enough. It, it, I was a little confused. I know I'm looking a little deep into uh, Conan the Barbarian here, but you gotta, you gotta forgive me. First time viewer, I was trying to, I was trying to find my footing, like where everybody was, you know. So uh, I was trying to place Doom. You know, it's a cool name. You got Doom. You got a Doom oh, Cult. You got yeah. a Mountain of Doom. You know, it's very cool with the Doom thing. But I was just like, what's your deal, man? Just trying right. to figure it out. Like you say, it's good branding, which I think that <laughs> that's sort of the key. Like. Oh, so merchandising. This is a space boss <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean you. You're right. You're you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, we don't know what his deal is. It, it's okay. un, unknown to us. Uh, it reminds me of another great film uh, that I like, uh, <laughs> the Street Fighter the movie, when Bison is like, "Oh, for you, this is the worst day of your life." But for <laughs> me, it was it was Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yeah. He's Tulsa Doom. He's killing this guy. He's, you know. That lady's jumping is just it's the way it's always been for a thousand years, man. All right, so not necessarily trying to get any more power, just trying to trying to keep the status quo. Yeah, I yeah. guess is what we're doing in the original, as opposed to the remake, where we have a much different villain and much different villain motivation. Uh, like I said, Kalar Zim, uh, his motivation is not to maintain power but to get more power, because we have a new thing in the remake. We have this mask. That if, as Morgan Freeman described in the voiceover in the beginning of the film, was a powerful mask that um, somebody this... had and needed to be destroyed. So all the barbarians destroyed it, and it was broken into, I don't know, six pieces? Maybe? It doesn't matter. It was broken up into many pieces, distributed among the uh, barbarian leaders, I suppose you could say. And uh, now this Zim guy wants to put all those pieces back together, uh, but not just for the acquisition of power, because... He wants to get back his lost wife, his dead wife that was murdered wrongfully as a witch, which she was. Right. And it didn't seem like she was a good witch either. Uh, but she was murdered and he wants to bring her back. So there, at least, is a little bit of motivation. I, I figured out his deal right. um, in the movie. I don't know if you had in, anything to say about that. No, you're, you're right. This is, uh, I believe, the second film in, in a row that we watched with Morgan Freeman voiceover intro. <laughs> um, and, but it does a good job like you said you know why the guy wants the six or seven shards i don't remember the number either uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> i just, I just really? love it's like here's a shard it's like that there's a little bit of stuff in front of the screen then you see the little the screen wipe of like the guy riding his horse in a different direction <laughs> with a shard it's ridiculous but uh yeah they they got these shards and with the mask he has powers that are defined definitely are, are they do, do we ever learn what these powers are no i don't think we uh necessarily learn <laughs> what the powers are i do think what we do know is allegedly and even um another character that we'll get to uh it, it's up in the air whether or not that's going to work either <laughs> to be honest but uh like you said he wants to bring back his his dead wife because from what i understand because he keeps talking about it in the film um, her witch powers allowed him to get more power and he he misses having mm -hmm. that power and wants it back and that's his central motivation yeah Zim wasn't just 
Well, he was originally a bandit leader, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, when he killed Conan's dad, and then he became a king later, I believe, right? Yes. Kind of what I got from the remake. Okay. And he was accompanied by his daughter. Well, just I'm just gonna throw her out there right now, uh, Merik. Uh, but she's a she's a witch portrayed by Rose McGowan, uh, very much in the similar vein of, of her mother. Uh, very similar to her mother, yeah. as we'll get in some uncomfortable moments later. Mm -hmm. um, and she's aiding her father in this quest, which to we, I'm gonna assume not just to bring the mom back, but just to rule the world, probably because it seems seems pretty bad, and people seem to want to stop him from putting this mask together. Because it's not just the mask, Reggie. We need one more ingredient that Morgan Freeman did not say in the opening voiceover. It's not just about the mask. You need the pure blood. Right. The descendant of a pure blood, uh, whatever right. the fuck that means, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> pure Aragonian blood or something like that. Yeah. Sure, well, sure. Why not? And there's only one person in the entire world that has that blood. So that's their quest. Because they already got the last mask piece from Conan's dad, who didn't really do much to hide it. It's like, <laughs> they must hide it here because this is the place they worship. Well, why would you hide it there? That's what they, they knew to look there. God, that was stupid. And then you put it in this random box that was barely buried, like, a, what, it's two inches in the ground? It's like, oh, God. But that's, whatever, you know, they had to find it somehow. Yeah. And uh, it's not just the mask. You need that pure blood because it, other, well, otherwise you just have this stupid looking mask on your face. That's true. Which we will see later. Yeah, and that is a good point. They, they kind of give you the old blood ritual switcheroo. <laughs> uh, a little late in the film. I didn't know that was part of it. I thought, you know, like if I was in a meeting for like what's going on in the film, I would have said, so we're just, just a mask, right? And like, no, actually, it, it's, it's a trick question. It's the fire and the ice. You need both. There you go. The whole remake's full of trick questions. <laughs> yeah, because when he's describing the time of his wife before, I was under the impression that things were better and he's been reduced to being a bandit. So I guess he wants to go back to being like a tough King type dude with the same magic power, I guess. But yeah, yeah, he knows a lot about these barbarians. Not only does, and like you said, we'll get to it. His daughter have the ability to sort of sniff out pretty much any sort of random magic they need at any given time. Um, you know, he also knows a lot about their ways. So this guy is, He's sort of keyed in the barbarians and how they work, where they would hide things and, you know, their weaknesses. So <laughs> I guess in that vein, a pretty good, pretty good bad guy because he, he's got like all the answers uh, versus the hero's strengths. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And he gets a lot more screen time than James Earl Jones, too. Like James Earl Jones is in the beginning and then he's a little bit more towards the end. Like there's a whole chunk of the movie where you don't even see yeah. <laughs> his yeah. character. At least uh, the remake, they, they show us what uh, Zim's going through and like just, you know, what he's talking about with his daughter. <laughs> Some awkward conversations there. <laughs> just <laughs> just trying to find that pure blood. Got to find that pure blood, Reggie. Yeah. Uh, so Stephen Lang, I feel like he has a little bit more to do than uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, and you know, you kind of have more of a, more of a parallel between our protagonist and antagonist in this scenario where they're both very sort of singularly minded people. I mean, at the end of the day, really for both of them, this is about revenge. Um, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Zim is trying to take power to, I guess, enact it, but it's basically like you guys screwed me over. I, I'm back and I'm better than ever. And Conan is like, this guy killed my dad. I, I'm going to kill him. And mm -hmm. 
everyone's motivation is clearly defined. In the original, Conan obviously wants to kill Tulsa Doom, but also, like you said, I don't really know what what he wants. And to your point, he's not in the film as much as you would expect from uh, mm-hmm. like your main villain. So, yeah. and I don't exactly know the extent to Tulsa Doom's powers. Like we know he does deal with magic. Um, we saw that. Just gonna jump ahead here when he turns to a snake. Yes, which didn't really do anything. I don't know. He turned into escape to a turned into a snake to escape, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't see that ever happen again. And it's never brought up. It's not like Conan's fighting a big snake at the end of the movie. Uh, so he can turn into a snake. Yep. That's all I got. It's... He could shoot. Uh, he could turn snakes into arrows. Right. Shoot you them. could just get arrows. Or you could just get arrows, but no, we we're going to use magic was... and we're going to turn snakes into arrows. It was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't even realize it was snakes. So I, was... <laughs> I had to She's read like, in the synopsis. Ah, snake bite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, because I don't understand the character and his motivations, and it, I don't even understand the extent of his power, other than, you know, he clearly has this, like you said, this cult leader sort of hold on people where right. you can kind of command them to do whatever he wants at their whim um but the, i don't know if you need magic to do that i, I mean, in modern day <laughs> i'll show you plenty of cults uh with some random idiots yeah. anyway um i'm gonna give my a little more points to zim even though it's kind of stupid <laughs> it's still kind of stupid but at least i understand his motivation yeah and i feel it gets stupid mostly at the end it's <laughs> yeah it's, yeah yeah you're right it's pretty okay until it gets really stupid <laughs> it's but, kind of when he gets that mask on at the end i'm just like well that that looks pretty stupid what's the point of this <laughs> yeah, the mask was uh we'll get to the ending later but like the mask was was dumb and i hated it and... mask was dumb and i'll say overall that the remake does have some pretty good cgi but that mask was awful it was pretty bad it looks it looks like i guess they didn't spend any of their money there because it just looked so bad and out of place and it was like I don't know, it was like, they didn't finish rendering it or something. Yeah, <laughs> it looked, yeah. it looked like it was still buffering. It, was just, it looked when, pretty awful. When it got wiggly, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can we just can't we just have the mask? Does it have to like have these moving pieces that like wrap around your head? It's like, can't it just be a mask, man? I wish it was just a mask because it got really dumb <laughs> in that moment. Like, uh, I, we'll, we'll get back to that. that that's yeah. in the future. But um, yeah, yeah, I just... You're right. I think that he does a better job of establishing his his badness. Really, the only reason to have the James Earl Jones villain is to have the staff of the serpent staff is probably more important to the story than the actual villain because it lets um, it lets Conan know like this guy's symbol. So again, the guy's mar- <laughs> the guy's marketing is his undoing, as, as we found out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the Doom. The guy whose name is Doom, and he lives on Doom, and leaves the call to Doom. Yeah, and yeah I know yeah. that symbol. <laughs> Turns in a snake, has a snake staff. Yeah, snakes and Doom. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Points points to the remake in this regard. The remake's doing a lot of. I would say early on, I think the remake is actually giving giving a lot of points. We didn't really say how we thought about the young Conan, but I would say the young Conan in the uh, remake also points in that direction because. He's established. I understand him. I understand his flaws. I understand his dad. I understand his villain. So very early on, the remake is in the lead, as far as I'm concerned. But things can change. Things can change. 
Uh, I think we should go on to because we got our villain here. We talked about the dads. I think we should just keep going with Conan mm-hmm. and uh, talk about that. So very different uh, things happen after Conan's parents are dead in both films. In the original, Conan's immediately taken as a slave, right? So we got young Conan, and then he's sort of pushed to this what do, what would you call it, Reggie, a wheel or something? This yeah. wooden thing that yeah. looks kind of like an ancient oil rig almost where he just goes around in circles pushing a large piece of lumber as a slave yeah which gets him really <laughs> really large by the way um, <laughs> yeah yeah F- fuck crossfit you just need to push this piece of wood and you I, get nice and large i don't know if it's a salt mine i don't know if it's a sand thing i don't like i i don't know it's menial labor and that, i don't he, he's gonna be the, the slave to do it um, yeah, but he pushes a big wheel, like, for a decent amount of his life. I don't know what that is. It just reminded me, there's, I'm sure the Simpsons took it from here, but, like, there's this one episode where Homer has to, like, push this huge-ass wheel thing, and then what it turns out to be is just, like, what's turning the cupcake into display case. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where my head went. I'm sure this, this is where the Simpsons got it from, because sure. <laughs> Homer's getting Homer's getting whipped as he's turning it through. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fantastic. But, yeah, I have no idea what this device is and why they're making him do it but they're making him do it and they're making him do it for a long (laughs) time we see seasons pass different you know different parts of the year then he's obviously adult we see conan become arnold Mm -hmm. um and then after that for some reason they decide you know what you're pretty big you're gonna be a gladiator now (laughs) so uh he's a gladiator he has no experience fighting he's been pushing this fucking piece of wood for i'm gonna say 20 years (laughs) that's that's it but he's a natural the guy knows how to fight and he's just rocking everybody you know he's not even getting hit or maybe he's getting no i'm sorry he is getting hit because we have these amazing adr lines of there's so much of it there's a lot of bad ADR in the original Conan. A lot of it. It's great. Um, and, yeah, he's really good as a gladiator. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Spartacus series that was on Stars. Yep. And, you know, I, I know a little bit about Roman gladiators and, like, you can earn your freedom uh, if you win enough. But that's not the case in this Conan movie. He's just let go for yep. some reason. And, and he's a free man. I didn't understand that at all yeah yeah well he's just let go and they're kind of cool with him too like like his life gets awesome oh yeah his his before life. that yeah go go on go into that yeah i mean so like you said they don't really explain why he can fight and i assume that he got big because he pushed the wheel even though <laughs> all the other slaves are all shriveled up and not <laughs> but this guy he's thriving in any scenario the, the fights are ridiculous the ADR is ridiculous. But then, like, as he's getting better, like, they teach him how to read and write. They teach him more ways to kill people. <laughs> yeah, different different types of arts. Yeah. Uh, from art the of fighting, I feel. Yeah, from the, yeah, it looks like from the Orient. Yeah. Uh, the secrets of the Orient. Yeah. Now he will learn. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he learns all kinds of cool, like, he learns a bunch of cool stuff. Gets a uh, prostitute stone in his cage. Uh, yeah. They put him out to stud, is, is how I think they put it. And uh, <laughs> in a hilarious scene where the woman is terrified of this huge Arnold. Yeah. And then she's like, ah, he's like, here's a blanket. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> now I can bang you. Yeah. It's, 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 
And all these dudes are it just like absurd. watching. Absurd. Yeah, yeah. And there's a ton of people just watching. It is absurd. It's, there's no other way to describe what's happening in the original. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's absurd, but it's designed to sort of explain this uh, this barbarian king. You know what? Um, from what I understand from the source material, that Conan is a little bit more uh, talkative and sort of nuanced. Uh, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, oh, is he? You wouldn't get that from the original film where Arnold barely talks. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's just a Arnold thing. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, originally supposed to do the voiceover in the original, but they were like, "Whoa, that accent's a little too thick, yeah. buddy. Let's get Mako to do it." <laughs> yeah, Mako, do the, do the voiceover here. That's that's hilarious. It is absurd. I guess I like that we get to see more of, I guess, his late origin, as it were, than his uh, his youth origin, like. I get it. Like he was enslaved, and he wants revenge, so that mm-hmm. that stuff helps. Whereas I feel like in a remake, once we get out of the kid part, they just kind of like, and I'm old. <laughs> like, yeah. like oh, I've been doing stuff, and uh, I'm here. I am like freeing the slaves. I don't know. Like uh, completely different sort of slave freeing in this uh, remake for sure. But it's definitely different. Um, I mean, I didn't mind it so much though, because it's like, like you said. Or like I said, it's like he's uh, he's pushing this wheel, and all of a sudden he knows how to fight as a gladiator, and then he's just released to be free. It's like these things didn't make sense to me. I know I'm reading a lot into this Conan the Barbarian movie, yeah. but it's like, well, why would you make him a gladiator and then just let him go? It's like at least let him like fight for his freedom or something, you know, or just like some great mad escape or something. But now he just kind of hey, go 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 be free. Okay, I will. It's like all right. At least, like, with um, the remake, it's, like, after his dad dies, he doesn't become a slave. He's sort of, like, um, surviving on his own, doing whatever he has to do. He's, like, a thief or uh, sort of a gun for hire, I guess, if you will. Just doing whatever he can to survive. So he's still kind of fighting. So it's, like, it's more believable that he would be have those skills of a warrior as an adult yeah. as opposed to a guy that was just pushing a wheel forced to become a gladiator it just happened to be good and then got released like i just didn't like the origin story in the uh or the coming of age story i guess uh, in the original yeah as opposed to the remake it made sense like okay we're just gonna jump cut because like you know he's a good warrior as a kid so you can just just extrapolate that now yeah now he's an adult and he's been doing that since he hasn't been a slave from my research as well like that just technically as well just wouldn't happen to that character like that character would not accept servitude basically so it is it is a strange inclusion i get what they're trying to do you know this is how he got his freedom this is how he like got different skills so you know they're trying to show his skills but you're right the original does a better job of establishing how he got to be a warrior versus this uh versus the original where and things happen and he got big and here he is and He's the man, but they, they don't really explain why any of that would actually happen. Yeah, it's just kind of like, well, you see how big he is, right? Yeah, that's why he's good at fighting, because he's that big. And it's like, all right, I guess, but it's like, you know, yeah. he, the guy was pushing this wheel for 20 years. It's like, I don't know if that would make him a good fighter. And uh, well, I just, well, you know, it, I understand it's Conan. You don't have to really get into it, but I guess it just makes a little more sense in the remake. Yeah, yeah, I mean... In, in both films, he's kind of like the chosen one. Like he's able to recover Crom's sword in the uh, the original, um, and in the remake, he's bloodborne, battleborn, all that stuff. So, you know, they they get there their own 
unique ways. The remake definitely does it in a more cohesive sort of. It makes a lot more sense how he how he gets there, but I I don't know. Yeah, I think you're supposed to just kind of gloss over it. Yeah, I, I, I exactly. I think you're not supposed to think too hard about that original film because if you start asking questions, you're not going to have a good time. And there is a good time to be had in that original film as long as you're not asking too many questions. Yeah, I think that is the prerequisite. Uh, if you're trying to look for like you know like high art or you know <laughs> a more realistic take on sword and sandals no yeah not not happening um this is a this is an epic you know the the origins don't need to be <laughs> out. it's already written in the uh you know in the history books he, he did it all right so i'm just telling you <laughs> i'm telling you the good parts let me get to the good parts is basically what the movie is trying to do i mean you could get away with that since this is a telling of the story from the wizard which becomes one of his allies later in the movie so maybe he's just kind of glossing over the important things just to get to the good stuff yeah. so you could be saying the movie's doing that but i don't think the movie is doing that i think they're just ah we don't need to explain that <laughs> just move on to the next scene no i think uh what, what the film really tries to do and uh, i guess what it did successfully was look it's arnold we got arnold he's big he looks like the guy all right <laughs> Like, look how big, it's just like in the movie. It's like, look how big this guy is. And that's the draw. Whereas Jason Momoa, like, yeah, he's a big guy, but like a, an audience today is like, you're not just going to skip past yeah, yeah. this part. You're going to have to give me something to hook me on, on the film. And I think the remake did a good job of ah. having a good hook on the front end. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I think the, the remake does a much better job of just setting up, like, Conan for, like, you know, his enemy. You know Conan, you know where both of them come from, and you know where they want to go. So the foundation of the remake is a lot stronger than the original, where I was just like, I didn't even know he wanted vengeance in the beginning. I was just like, I don't know. He, he seems to be enjoy being a gladiator and banging randoms, so maybe that's his goal in life. And what is best in life? <laughs> exactly, Brush what is best enemies, in life. See them driven before you and hear the lamentations of the women. That's like, <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that's what's best, I guess. Exactly. It wasn't like, I need to get vengeance for my parents that were killed. Did you know my mom? She was pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's just like all these set pieces to like, you know, like those uh, those cool vans back in the 80s with like all the Valhalla and Vikings and stuff. Like, it's all set pieces mm -hmm. like, look at Arnold in his throne with the helmet. <laughs> and it's like, what's best in life? Like, it's it's cool, man. I don't care how, how it happens. Exactly. What I think the original does do better since we are kind of at this portion of it is it does a better job with the supporting cast i think than the remake does i'm kind of getting into the friend is that okay or should we say yeah go for it yeah because yeah we're introduced to the friend before the love interest in both films yeah yeah you can do that we have subatai in the original okay. and then elishan maybe is that we're or are you talking about Elishan was the the pick the thief that could like open any lock, and then we have Artus, who is the guy with the the that boat, his buddy with the boat. So I don't know which one you want to. I think I'm gonna go do Artus because uh, although Elishan is probably a lot more like Subutai, um Yeah. Uh, I think Artus is kind of like the buddy equivalent. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start okay. there, and then maybe we'll get in the house. The parallels aren't exactly one to one, so yeah. So I mean, you know, once once you gloss over how we get to, <laughs> to it's a lot of glossing over you got to. 
just wipe it away from your memory. <laughs> and scene. Conan, Conan gets introduced uh, in both films to... There's some differences, so we'll have to work around this a little bit, but he gets introduced to sort of his his main ally in the films. And in the original, it's Subutai, played by Jerry Lopez. And in the remake, it's Artis, played by Nanso Anozi. And this is where I, I think the films start to differentiate themselves quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we get so much more time with the allies in the original film than we do in the remake. And it starts with uh, Subutai, who's who's there for a lot of the adventuring mm-hmm. throughout the film, whereas Artis, it looks like this guy's going to be pretty important and be in a lot of scenes in this film. Like, when they when they first start out, they free a slave colony, um, as opposed to Arnold being freed, you know, so there's a huge difference there. And, they, you know, they're the same guys. Like, they save this sort of village, and the slaves are like, well, what do we do now? And he's like, well, I'm going to pick up these two hot chicks, <laughs> and we're going to drink a bunch, buddy, <laughs> you know? So you've got this awesome artist character who's like telling these great stories. Yeah, so then Conan like knocked this guy out and then I showed up and like he and they're a great pair and then he just stays on the boat. Yeah. Through most of the adventuring. Because Conan's like, no, I gotta do it myself. He's like, no, you don't, buddy. <laughs> That's your like yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, why would you take that character out of the film so much? Yeah, uh, even when he comes back later, it's just his part is so minimal. You could have just not had him come back at all. It's 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 a bummer because yeah, like you said, he definitely um, seems like not exactly, but pretty close to being an equal with Conan. Um, so and they definitely seem like buddy buddy. And so you know, I would love to see those two guys go on an adventure. It seems like it'd be pretty fun, but for some reason, Conan needs to do it by himself, which is okay i guess yeah i mean with the original film gives them the space to do that as well and i think that what works a lot in the original film is conan is a one-dimensional character i mean we we've clearly established that and i like the buddies you know it gives you some different guys that like you said they got different gods and different philosophies on life and um they help each other out in the pinch and it gives you somebody else to root for or like look mm-hmm. out for, whereas yeah. the movie in the remake becomes like mostly Jason Momoa's Conan the Barbarian for a significant amount yeah. of time before we get back to a previously established character or to a new character in the film, and, and it, it just to me feels like a little squandered because I started to get kind of bored with the one note aspect of him mm-hmm. and i wish that there was more of the buddy stuff because i remember liking that part about the original yeah i think the problem with the the conan character in general is he's kind of like superman you know he's not going to die right. so having those allies with him you know the stakes are raised because like well i don't know if subatai is going to live i don't know if valeria is going to live spoilers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, and conan you know artists he could have been that you know right he could have been that really fun guy and be like man i hope artist doesn't die but you don't have to worry about artists because he's gone yeah. <laughs> in the whole movie. So you never have to worry about him. Even when Conan gets more allies in the remake, um, they leave pretty quickly too. And it's not like you spend as much time with them as you do with the allies in the original. So you're more invested in those allies as opposed to the ones of the remake who are pretty much there and then they do the thing and then they're gone. Yeah. So there's not much of a connection you have to them. And 
if you lose them, you lose them, but you didn't spend a lot of time with them as opposed to the original. You're spending a lot of time with these side characters, and, and you do feel their loss um, if it happens, when it happens. Yeah, yeah, and, and it it's a the movie allows space for someone else to be the hero. There's times where, like, Conan's down and out in a fight, and then Valeria will show up, or, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. or you know, Subutai, perfectly timed arrow, and it's just like, Oh, sick. Subutai is there. And what should be the movie's biggest weakness, as you described, is like, at this point, James Earl Jones isn't even in these parts of the film. But, like, I like these little side adventures and they're dressing up like cultists and, like, getting intel and trying to figure out things. And it's like, it's not really cohesive because a lot of weird stuff happens in between. Like, a lot of weird stuff. (laughs) But... I think I like the episodic sort of nature of it because there's other characters that are getting introduced throughout the film. Whereas the remake sets the stage, gives you an artist type character and it says, but you guys are here for Conan. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I am. But like the, the tales and epic tales usually involve multiple characters. Yeah. I do like that about the original that we do get a bunch of like, not only like supporting characters, but about like they're very unique, and they they all have like their specific thing that they're very good at. Larry's very good at fighting. Subutai is sort of this um, I don't know. He's kind of a thief, but he's also kind of like you said, he's good shooting the arrows and stuff. Then we have the wizard too, who has his own things. Yeah. And as opposed to the remake, where it's just like we got this guy. I guess he could kind of pick locks. We don't even know what his buddy artist can do. <laughs> we never see him do anything right. in the action sequences. Um, so I like that in the original, but I just, um, I know I'm going to be thinking too hard about it, but the thing I don't like is just like, as soon as they met in the original, it's like, okay, I guess we're allies now. It's like, all right, can you help me? Free me? Sure. We're best friends. It's like, hey, Valeria, are you going to break in? We're going to break in. Yeah. Buddies? Buddies now. (laughs) It's like, it's a little, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... To be fair, I think the remake uh, does a little bit of that as well because, you know, we're making a Subutai artist connection because of the sort of friendship part of it. But, uh, you know, there's this character in the remake, Ellis Sean, who is more like Subutai, but I'm not even making a Subutai connection yeah. because he's not in the film very long at all. Like, No. And he's, it's, his cameo is kind of pointless. Like, if you think about it, I'm going to go there. Uh, so Conan has to, he frees uh, him because uh, reasons. he frees him. And he's like, if you ever are here, find, look for me and I'll help you out. So eventually Conan does. And then he uses him to break into uh, Zim's palace uh, because he's looking for the love interest who we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, but he's looking for her. And then after this action sequence with the sea creature, uh, we find out that they're actually not in the palace, that they have to go to the cave. So it's like, okay, that was kind of pointless. Well, I'm going to go. Yeah, I don't need you. There's no locks in the cave. So it's like his whole reason for being in the movie, breaking into this palace, they didn't even need to break into. Pretty so, pointless. So, I mean, I, I think you're uh, come back to sort of this common theme that, like, let's gloss over the fact that you shouldn't trust anybody in this world, but, like, they're best, best of friends immediately. I prefer because at least when they go to do something, it sort of goes somewhere. Whereas, like, the remake allows itself to, you know, they go to sea and they, to free this one guy who we're going to bring back, like, five scenes from now. Uh, Maybe, maybe more, honestly. Like, you don't see that character again for 30 minutes and then he's supposed to be a central kind of character to advancing the plot. And 
that's a strange choice, I think. So I, mm-hmm. I prefer the consistency of of these characters, and I do feel a connection to them because they are in all these adventures, whereas like artists who I liked immediately, but then get shelved, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. that like I said, that's a bummer. And then um, Elishad, who okay, maybe he can pick up the slack, but then he's gone most of the movie. Yeah, and we're forced to kind of be thrust into. I guess we can talk about this because uh, we're going to bring up the Valeria character, but like, yeah, they just kind of force this like love story on you with this person who I don't know who the hell she is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we can get into the the female leads of both of the films. Like you said, we have Valeria in the original, portrayed by Sandal Bergman, and then we have Tamara, portrayed by Rachel Nicholas. Very different characters. Um, both pretty much the love interest to Conan in both films, which we see through <laughs> sex scenes in both movies. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Valeria is pretty much like this Amazonian warrior type. And then we have Tamara, who's just a pure blood descendant. Yeah. That's kind of our, pretty much our damsel in distress character yeah i mean like the best you could say for is like maybe like a priestess maybe like an oracle some sort of some sort of devotee to whatever her god may be and but she never brings up like the gods ever no she never you never learn yeah yeah so yeah i wouldn't even give her that (laughs) like most of the most of her time is trying to pretend like she's not the pure blood I, for, I think it was Aragorn. I don't remember, but yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's like, like you said, like they do this pivot on the bad guy where it's like, all right, I want the skull piece, but I also need need this because to me it felt like they need an excuse for like Rose McGowan to continue to be in the film. <laughs> you know, like I, I guess it's cool that she can smell out like a pure blood person from magic miles away. Like, I, I don't know. It was, not a she great smell them out, but but she needs to taste it in order to know that's the pure blood. Yeah, sure, sure. I think uh, I think it's just not a great introduction to the character, you know. And they want you to sort of immediately care about this plot point that you know. You know, I think that there was a better way to to get there. Whether like maybe Conan got there first randomly, like I'll, I'll allow randomness in a Conan movie, and he got to know her before this happened, but like. He's just like, who are you while they're in the middle of a chase scene? And mm-hmm. next thing you know, like, all right, this is the chick. Like, I, I, I'm confused. Well, he was initially going to use her for bait. Yeah. Because he's like, wait a minute. They they want you, so I'm going to use you. And then he kind of had her tied up. And uh, eventually it does bring out Zim. So that's kind of why he was initially using her. It wasn't that connection at first. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I Man, I do. I do appreciate that. I just, uh, I don't know. Like the Valeria to me gets into the action a little bit more than we see see from her. Like, I'll give I'll give that uh, the sort of pure blood character in the remake does a little bit of fighting as well. So I'll give her some credit there. But there's never that sustained character um, that you see from like the original films. Like those guys are constantly getting in the shenanigans together yeah yeah i like the valeria character better than tomorrow just because valeria like she has her own agency i guess we could say mm-hmm. um she's a very strong character she doesn't necessarily need conan they they also have sort of a convoluted love story between them that just sort of 
happens. Hey, we're rich now. We should bang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, it came out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, whatever. This is Conan, sure. Sure. Uh, they take a little more time in the remake before they bang, but they still bang. <laughs> so, um, do with that what you will. Uh, I just, I guess if I had to choose between the woman that's like a strong warrior and she can kind of handle herself versus the one that's kind of knows how to fight but not really and really does need Conan, I'd, I'd just pick the, the warrior, the stronger female character. Yeah, I mean, you literally have a scene. I think that, I think what I'm tr- trying to vocalize is that, um, is that these characters in the original help Conan. Like, they actually help Conan. Not like, oh, you're just having, okay. like, they... They help him. They help him break into places. When he's about to die on the Tree of Woe, you know, they, like, mm-hmm. in this absolutely insane scene that I am completely in love with. Uh, he, Are you were talking about when he bites the vulture that's pecking at him? That that part's cool, when he bites the vulture, but then when, like, the, like, 80s, like, zombie, I mean, not zombies, like, the 80s skeleton neon guys try to take him into the underworld. Uh. <laughs> like, uh... Uh, I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of that shit. It reminded me of Ghost, you know, when uh, <laughs> you would die and you'd have to go to hell and the shadows came to life. Anyway, uh, but to your point, uh, obviously Conan does die in the original, and without those allies, he would not have come back. <laughs> so they are very helpful to Conan in that original film, as opposed to the remake. Like I said, you got that one guy who could pick the locks, didn't need him because we didn't go to the cave. Right. His one buddy just stays on the boat. Uh, this priestess i guess we'll call it the pure blood um does she do anything really to help conan no she's kind of the damsel in distress the whole time yeah. uh, that he has to protect so um yeah points to the allies in the original yeah and she becomes more of a damsel in distress as time goes on where yeah whereas valeria saves conan twice whether it's getting him off the tree of woe and you know protecting him from the grim reaper or whatever the equivalent is in this universe mm-hmm and when he's about to get his ass kicked again and she's already dead. Yeah. Um, spoilers. She she force ghosts herself yep. to deflect a blade. So, in a, in a there bitch, you go. In a bitch in a Valkyrie outfit. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Nice and shiny and sparkly. It's pretty badass. I don't know how that happened, why it happened. Don't but care. it happened. I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> the whole the whole thing just feels like like uh, when these characters, like Subatire, like... Uh, I forget who's actually doing a voiceover. Like he's hammering at the pub. He's like, "Yeah, then and Conan's about to get killed, and then Valeria shows up, <laughs> even though she was dead." And they're like, "Okay, okay." It's like, can she come back longer? Can we bang again? <laughs> it's like Conan's like, I. There's so many things that just aren't explained, but I guess you just kind of go, "It's Conan. It doesn't need explanation." I guess. Yeah, it, it is kind of like the Superman effect. It's like. Don't care, plot, no, get out of the way. Like, he banged this witch, and he threw her in the fire, and then he then he punched this guy, and, you know. We didn't even talk about the witch, yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess her equivalent would be the daughter character in the film. I guess the witch in the original film is important, in a sense. She tells him kind of where to go next, and then she gets tossed. Kind of tells him where to go, yeah. And she gets tossed in the fire, like like any other character that is not Conan Wasting my time. Get out of the way. Let's see some boobs and fights, bro. Like, like it yeah. doesn't matter how we got there. But um, yeah, you got you got the best of both worlds with there. You got your sex scene and you got your action sequence all in one with the the witch in the original. <laughs> so, but but no, I mean, really to sort of round this out is that I 
preferred the allies because I think though we had a very good foundation in the original, excuse me, mm-hmm. although we had a good foundation in this remake with all this stuff that they set up, it, Jason Momoa is not really an angry guy, so he's nothing like himself as a kid. It doesn't really matter that he was a kid at any point anyway because like he, he fights completely different than he yeah. did as a kid. So it's just like, all right, cool. Like You had this relationship with your dad and you got some friends here and there, but I don't know. It's just not consistent in a way that if they had kept going in that route, I think I would have enjoyed that portion, sort of the setup till we get back to the big bad again. I think I would have enjoyed mm-hmm. that more, whereas in the original, I did enjoy it because I was constantly meeting a cast of characters that were all weird and different, and one guy's going to do like an ancient ritual to bring you back from the dead. Uh, one chick's going to like knock out a bunch of people. is going to show up just when you need him. Like they, they serve the purpose, and I appreciated that. Kind of going back to what you said, and I kind of touched upon it uh, earlier, like you know, the consistency of the Conan character in the remake. You have this really violent kid that, you know, you think he'd be even more violent after watching his dad die, but then he's kind of laid back. He's a fun guy to Super hang out mellow. with. And it's like, hey, man, I, want, I do want to drink with that guy. You know? <laughs> he seems like a really cool guy, and I think that was definitely the wrong direction to go in the remake. Um, I think he should have been kind of more like the Arnold Conan, who didn't talk a lot. Uh, I think mostly because Arnold's accent was just so thick that they were just like, let's give him as few lines as possible. He looked good, huh? Um, but I just think it was a mistake to make him so relatable Yeah. in the beginning of his adventure as an adult. I think a better thing to do with that remake is make him cold, make him like not liking people, and then you introduce these allies that sort of you know, open him up to the world and just open him up to connection with other people. And then, like, through that connection, he's able to, like, overcome right. the evil guy that killed his dad because he finally uh, wasn't that fire anymore. He, he cooled down a little bit, you know. And I think that would have been a smarter way to go as opposed to already having, hey, I'm a pretty cool guy in the beginning, huh? And we're just going to go on a fun adventure because I'm Jason Momoa. Yeah. And I, so... I, yeah, I just didn't like exactly that portrayal, 100%. And then you have Conan uh, portrayed by Schwarzenegger. Like I said, he didn't talk a lot um, because of the accent. But, like, it makes sense, though. I mean, he was a slave for 20 years. I don't think he was allowed to talk at all (laughs) while he was pushing that wheel. He was like, hey, how was your day yesterday pushing the wheel? It's not like he was able to have those conversations. So it makes sense that he's sort of, like, weird. He is a weird dude. He doesn't talk a lot. Like, a lot of... Arnold has to do a lot of facial expression acting in this movie, and uh, it's like his first really big movie, so it's like awkward and shit. But it makes sense because this guy was a slave, so even though it's mostly because Arnold's this inexperienced actor, it actually plays well to who that character is and just what he's been through his whole life. So yeah, he would be like that as an adult, this weird, standoffish, but brooding guy, yeah. as opposed to the the cool guy that we get in the remake who I didn't really care for to have, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it just feels like, uh, like I said, the consistency was there and then it just sort of falls off. And, and, and I think you're right. Like his father mentions that he has to earn the sword and like, he hadn't earned the sword yet because of all that fire. And Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Like if you had this, this period where as he was doing his travels, he, was more of a hothead and like ran into things and needed help sometimes because he forgot himself and then eventually learned that trait. I think it would have been, like you said, a better scenario. Whereas, um, 
they make him this superhuman kid all throughout like the first like kind of third first third of the film and then he's like more vulnerable than you would think for as incredible as they made him and it's just like it just it felt like there was a disconnect like where was that battle born constant like brick house yeah. i'm kicking kicking ass that you do get from like an arnold where it's like it doesn't matter what i'm gonna say i'm gonna beat you up <laughs> yeah yeah so i know it sounds like we're rewriting it but just missed opportunity i'll, I'll exactly stand with that yeah exactly like i said uh it, it was built on very good foundation so mm-hmm. to see them sort of squander some of that it felt like a missed opportunity and mm-hmm. the which allowed space for this original film which is kind of just a random assortment of things but like yeah. they're all kind of awesome so you know in the aggregate it works because you kind of care about this band of characters not just Conan so I think it helped it helped them to spread out the cast a little bit more mm-hmm. well said um where should we go from here should we keep talking about Conan I know you wanted to talk about the action uh we could go there yeah that might help us uh going to Conan more. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, the original, like I said, you never really know what to expect because the action has no real logic to it. In this sense. Like, <laughs> like, you might be wandering through a village, running into a witch, and like you said, one minute it's a sex scene, the next minute you're throwing her into the, <laughs> a flaming pyre. One minute uh, you're pretending to be a cultist, and you're like, that interaction he had with the guy when Arnold gets his cult right for him, yeah like, yeah what I was like is Arnold gonna have to blow this guy oh my god <laughs> I'm like all right so Arnold's trying to like have gay sex with a guy but, <laughs> just to sneak in <laughs> and it's like or like we said like the, the scene that reminds you of ghosts or when he becomes a snake and like that to me is like the definition of, of that film where it's it's wildly inconsistent but really fun and like you don't know what's gonna happen scene to scene, and I think this kind of goes back into the ally conversation as well. I think where the remake lost me a little bit was that oh I knew what was gonna happen <laughs> scene yeah. to scene because they did set the tone, but like uh, that film is a lot more consistently over the top violent in a way that um, I think it actually would have served that film to have a little bit more variation and nuance like you saw in the original film. Yes, it was weird and crazy, but like it was a tone and a vibe. Whereas this was just like bloodlust. I'm gonna kill this guy and I'm gonna stick my finger in this guy's nose and which that was that was I didn't like that very much at all. Uh. But like the movie was always going to show you like the bottom. Like I splattered this guy's brain, or I chopped this guy's head off, or you know, or my dad got molten lava basically. on his head and i just wish that um it switched it up a little bit because the film i appreciate it because conan yes it's a violent story about it like a violent guy but i think that that's not really like the main hook for me so i think i think i would have preferred some some more subtlety or nuance Mm -hmm. in the violence i i think i get what you're saying yeah the i think the original to your point definitely kept you on your toes more because you didn't know (laughs) When the action sequence was coming, I, you know, which is good because the, you know it's like, oh, this is exciting. But you know, like you said, because 
sometimes you just have no idea what the fuck is happening in this <laughs> original movie. So, okay, there's an action sequence now, I guess. All right, that guy yeah. turned into a snake for reasons. Sure, why not? But, you know, I, I definitely didn't see a lot of that stuff coming, so I'll give you points there, original movie. The remake definitely not only has more action sequences, um, obviously the, the fight choreography is a lot better, a lot more, a lot tighter. Sure. Um, you could see, like, in the original, like, when they, like, slash a sword and somebody's not even close and the other guy's just, like, faking it. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's the 80s, you know, they can't get away with a lot of that stuff. They can't fix it in post, right. uh, like you can in the remake. So, you know, it's expected when you see an 80s film like that. And, yeah, it is a little bit predictable in the remake, um, at least the outcome Right. Of each um, action sequence, like, you know, okay, well, nobody's going to die here. We're only an hour in. So right. <laughs> it was just having an action sequence for the sake of having an action sequence, which the remake does a lot. Um, so I was, I do uh, get exhausted um, when there's a lot of action sequences, kind of one after another. Um, so I do kind of check out mentally. Um, it might seem cool, like at first, like the setup, like I think my favorite action sequence in the remake was... Um, the first time Zim fights Conan and his daughter's there and then he's got uh, Tamara like sort of chained up and then you got this like sand people kind yeah. of battle. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was kind of innovative. Oh, these guys are made out of sand. Like, how can he hurt them? What's going to happen? Um, it's a cool idea. It sort of just fizzles out at the end, uh, which is right. a bit of a letdown, but it was still kind of a cool action sequence. But then there's sort of another one that happens kind of right after so it's like it's, it's a little exhausting for me on the action so i think kind of like what we said with uh what was that fucking uh olympus one olympus yeah like we said with clash of the titans um there's more action sequences they're surely look better but it just you don't there's not as much invested because there's so many and uh you kind of know what's going to happen uh stake wise you know you're not going to really lose anybody unless it's the sequence at the end where maybe somebody could die but probably not i agree with you i thought that it was visually it was a very cool scene it was well choreographed but honestly at that point even at that point i was already starting to check out because i'm like i'm like all right wait a minute what what just happened with the the carriage and the, the guys and like there's just so much that went into that sort of moment that at that point like i it was a cool sequence. I'm like, oh, look, this freaking what? sand guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, now they're doing flips and stuff. Like, I, I just, uh, I started checking out in what would, would otherwise have been a really cool sequence. I think I would have been, like, talking highly about it, but just that one note sort of action just started to wear on me a little, a little early mm -hmm. in the, uh, the film, it, which is a bit of a shame because, like you said, uh, I think part of what we were talking about before where if uh, his buddy was there, if, like, artist was there, if there was some stakes there that you some mm -hmm. some chess piece was on the field that oh maybe we are going to lose this and or you know or even someone else interfering like in that moment where he was losing and the battle was lost instead of him just sort of creating an explosion maybe his buddy bails him out i don't know like if we would have done a little bit more of that i think i would have had more fun with the the action we'll say even uh you brought up clash of titans even that which got pretty dumb and pointless <laughs> over time there were some characters that did things that were like oh wow like this guy's made of like, like i forgot what it was but he was like some wood robot thing you know like or yeah i know what you're talking about that the weird magician guy yeah. that was weird <laughs> like all right like it's not great but at least it's different <laughs> you know 
So. Yeah, yeah, I think it could have definitely helped the remake to have these more allies that would not only like just change things up a little bit, but sort of introduce us more to, to, to more elements of the Conan world. Yes. You know, like, okay, maybe that guy is like a magician. Okay, so now I'm learning more about the magic in this world. So it would have been good in many ways to just introduce these different allies, which the remake really doesn't do. That's a great point you're bringing up there, that... Yes, I guess there's more elements because now we learned about this pure blood thing, but like the original will just throw anything at you and you just have to accept it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like we said, you might, I've said it several times already, but like you might just run into a witch in a hut. Um, <laughs> your friend might become a Valkyrie after she's dead. You might get tied to a tree of woe and then, you know, spirits come to get you. So, like, everyone's random stuff is like legit. Even if, like, Conan's the best, like, oh, no, that, that magic clearly has a purpose and means something. Whereas, like, in this, yeah, you introduce this other character, but really it's just to get her blood to start this stupid ritual with a squiggly mask or something. And it, I just, I don't know, like, give me a little bit more about the mask, I guess. Or, like, maybe there should have been a scene with a display of his his dead wife's power. You know, mm-hmm. like, give me something that, why is this important? Because I don't really get it. Yeah, that's that's one big problem with the remake. It's like, as opposed to the original, we see Doom turn into a snake at least. So, okay, that guy has powers. We never get to see the power of Zim. Like, what, how did, what powers are you trying to acquire? What power does he have? Like, right. why is he the king? Like, why is this guy in charge? Like, okay, that guy turned into a snake. That's a little fucking weird. You got a weird mask. That's all yeah. I got going with you. And you got a weird daughter that kind of wants to bang you. Yeah, about it. <laughs> right, yeah, that, that comes up quite a bit in the film, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but yeah, like, the daughter is what's impressive in that scene. She yeah. made people out of sand that are mm-hmm. kicking Conan's ass. And, you know, like, that's pretty impressive. So, like you said, the big bad needs an example of his power that's not just, I tricked you while we were in a sword fight, which is kind of like <laughs> what most of it is. James Earl Jones... Becomes a snake, yeah, it's stupid and pointless, but he became, a, <laughs> he became a snake, he threw a, you know, like a snake spear at someone, like snake arrows. Like it, snake it's all, arrows. It's all... And we saw a demonstration of his power, you know, you know, fall, jump, come come jump, here, jump. my child, come here, come yes. here, yeah. yeah. So you see lots of demonstrations of his power, don't really get that in the remake mm-hmm. with the Zim. Mm-hmm. You see demonstrations of his daughter's power, maybe she should be in charge. Yeah, maybe. You know, she gets kind of... That dream squash was like, ah, you're not like your mother. It's like, wow. <laughs> that's kind of the just point, your, dude. Just <laughs> like, put your thumb in my mouth, daddy. Oh, God, yeah. we're going there. Yeah, we? yeah. It, it was strange. Even like when uh, they shoot his little buddy through, like from the catapult into his boat yeah. thing, and they're both in the bed. And I'm just they're like, both in the bed together, yeah. It's just like, like ah. What did she sleep at the foot of his bed like a dog or something? <laughs> it, it, was, what is it was just weird. It was just weird. And... That's the thing. It's like, you got Jason Momoa, who's able to pull off a lot of this cool choreography. Like you said, that sand fight scene is actually really cool. It just, unfortunately, shoehorned between a bunch of other things, like the carriage that just blows up because, the, you know, like the wheels fell off. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just got confused and sort of bored at times with things that were clearly supposed to be fun action. That's fair. That makes sense. I, like I said, like if there's too many action sequences, I do get exhausted. But in all fairness, the original, for me, definitely 
dragged on at a lot of points in the movie. I was kind of surprised because I thought it was going to be this, this huge action movie that's like action, action, action. And like you said, it's not. And there's a lot of parts in the movie, which there's not even anything happening. It's just yeah. you just hear the score uh, and then there's just kind of people moving and talking but you don't hear what they're talking about because you just hear the music so there's a lot of moments like that in the original and it definitely drags on a lot a lot i mean this is a two hour plus movie uh i i felt <laughs> that yeah. time for sure yeah it's that that's legitimate there are there are scenes <laughs> they don't go anywhere they don't leave me where i mean even Again, I know I've brought this scene up a lot, but even like the witch thing, like, meh, you know, hey, you should go there. It's like, okay, I'll go there. Like, he could have just gone there because there wasn't, yeah. we didn't know where he was in the first place. He could have just showed up randomly and we would have accepted it because, hey, we've been accepting everything else happening in that movie so far. So, but no, let's give him one more uh, sequence to bang this chick and then she's randomly going to have fangs and try to eat him, but that's okay. He'll throw him in the fire and... And he'll still stay... I love how he still stayed the night there. He wakes up the next morning. Oh, it was <laughs> so great. random. He's just like, all right. That was weird. I guess this is my bet now. Because <laughs> you're right. That That is... It should be, like, all the things that are wrong with the film. They're like, just... All right, so we're in fifth gear with the witch. Now, let's go back in the second. And you're just going to kind of walk around a field and look around. That was pretty good, dude. And the next thing, oh, next thing you know, you like happen across the cult, and you're like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, <laughs> this is pretty cool. This cult, yeah. I can yeah. check out my medallion. I can go in. It's like his VIP pass yeah. at a concert. I can go in, right? Oh, oh yeah. I guess he's got the medallions. No one else. No other way he could have gotten that. <laughs> hey, I've never seen a large Austrian guy before, but no, eh. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I don't know. Like the movie. Yeah, you're right. It, it goes a lot. Of, <laughs> it goes down a lot of different winding pathways that are not really connected to each other. But it's all just like you said. It's all the scenery. Like it doesn't matter what the guys are saying. Play the the epic music. Dun, 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 and it's just like I mean, great soundtrack. I yeah. I liked it, but it's like you know you got a two hour movie here. It's like let's move along. Right. Come on. Cause like you say, after the witch scene, when he's walking around, like the score is still doing the same thing as if he was in a <laughs> sword fight to the death. Just like, oh, yeah, walking around, looking at stuff. Dun, dun. <laughs> and there is my friend Subtai, dun 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 dun, <laughs> climbing a snake tower, dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Great score, great yeah. score. It yeah. didn't always match what was happening on the screen though. <laughs> I, I think, to be honest, probably every time I watch Conan Barbarian, I, I'm probably at least a few pops in, so I I, <laughs> I just kind of, like, I just let it wash over me. Like, that's how the film feels to me. Whereas, um to be fair, it's the same thing that happened in a remake, where there was so much action at a certain point that I just, like, I got desensitized to it and just, like, started letting it wash over me. It's like, all right, when are we going to get to the, the next part? I don't know if we want to go to the ending, but... Yeah, I, I got nothing yeah. else to talk about. We can go there. Yeah. When you're looking at the ending of the remake... Again, it does come back to really my biggest gripe with the film, which is the allies. All right, you've got the love interest who's been captured. I don't even really have to get into why, how she got captured. <laughs> she, I don't she, remember, but she was. <laughs> she was, exactly. And they've got her like connected to this weird wheel thing. So Sure, I mean, there was a wheel in the original, so we got <laughs> so got to be a wheel in the yeah. remake, right? Yep, and, and her blood makes the weird mass slimy and alive. <laughs> okay. 
And then Conan, again, just like in the original film, shows up like in a cloak. So I guess he's supposed to be here. And what, what the biggest sin to me here is that they just reduce the love interest into she's tied up and screaming throughout this entire sequence. So like she's yeah. not doing anything, you know, and yeah. it's just like, wow, you've reduced this character who at one point you're like, hey, get out of these priestess clothes and put on some, you know, some armor. Yeah. And yeah, even when she's tied up, they give her a dagger. So it's like, okay, she's capable. And they just, mm-hmm. eh, she's tied up and there's nothing she can do. Yeah, that's why I said I like Valeria more than her because it's like ultimately she's just our damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. She, they might give her some strong moments, but ultimately she's just—you have to save her. That's, that's her whole purpose of being in the movie. And and to be fair, because uh, we talked about the the daughter a little bit, uh, Rose McGowan, which but um, the the scene where she basically is trying to talk to her father, and she's like, "Well, what if the uh, ritual doesn't work?" He's like, "No, it, it, it must work. It will work." And she's like, "Well, you know." I'm pretty powerful too. <laughs> but like the movie it should be more confident in its choices. It's like we shouldn't be debating whether her magic's going to work or not because I think it sort of undercuts the the whole thing, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I'm glad that the magic worked and we've seen her power and it's powerful. I think there's a different way to say that she wasn't her mother than to like undermine like the whole hinge point of the film is that this magic is powerful. Whereas like the original was just this is happening, that's happening. Just mm-hmm. take it, and in those little moments that really don't amount to much, but they undercut these characters. So again, in a movie where a lot of the characters aren't in it, that feels like the constant theme. It's like here's artists, and there's artists. Here's a love interest. She's got a sword, and she's tied up. Here's the big bad witch, and she's making sand people, and she's not confident, and basically has crazy daddy issues. And it's just like make them tough, make them like. <laughs> Make just make it fucking metal. Like the movie started metal. It's like I'm bl- born of blood and steel, and kick this guy's ass and kill that guy and drop some heads and I'm sticking my finger in your nose and, I, and I'm kicking <laughs> this guy's ass. And then it's just like, mm, man, let's just kind of ease into the final moments of the film. And it's just like, stick with a tone, you know? Mm. Yeah, I get that. I just I just felt like that ending sequence, like yeah, it did what it was supposed to do. Like he's he's in a fight with a bad guy and there's a struggle and. The mass is giving him powers and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the main sort of uh, love interest is on this thing that falls down. And they're fighting on the thing while she's tied up and screaming. And she eventually gets free and she, he's like, run away. And like, that's that's her contribution to the rest of the scene. And they have just another generic sword. Hmm. And it's like, do more. Yeah, compared to the earlier action sequences, I mean, bringing it up again, the Sand People one, that was, that was you know, innovative in a way. Yeah. I, I hadn't seen that too too many times. Maybe Spider Man, but I don't really see people made out of sand too often in a movie. So that was cool. Yeah, incorporate a little bit more of that magic, or maybe that power that he's getting from the mask. You know, maybe show us a little more of that. Like I said, I had a problem with Zim because I don't really know his powers. Yeah, that would have been perfect opportunity to show off the full range of his powers at the very end. And that, you know, the stronger he is, then the better our hero is for overcoming him. Yeah. So it's a disservice to Zim and Conan to really not do much more than a sword fight. Yeah, yeah, because Zim's sort of like allies throughout the film who I guess are a little bit more defined than um, than really uh, Conan's allies in the films. Like the guy with the nose missing who's running the, the prison. Like we, we sort of know more about him through the way he's treating his prisoners. We know that, that the one guy they basically catapult, like he was important because he never fails and he actually did pull it off even though he got killed like 
they got, <laughs> they got her back, you know? And it's like you got all these scenes with, like, um, crazy action sequences in the beginning of the film with the sand people, with the uh, the guys stuck in the cage and weird tentacle monsters there, whatever that sure, was. Sure, the Kraken, why not? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, all right, so we've gone sand people, we've gone Krakens, we, we've gone, like, crazy, like, egg... <laughs> <laughs> axe, axe fights in the the woods and then at the end it's like no she's falling okay and ching ting get, run away and then it's like what <laughs> like you gave mm. this guy this like magic mask like let him shoot some beans or something like what are we doing like that would have been cool pick it up <laughs> <laughs> you know whereas uh, to be fair and i you know <laughs> i'm fair the ending of the original film is about as anticlimactic <laughs> of an ending as you can get. Yeah, it was uh, it's pretty underwhelming. Are you gonna just start where uh, like after that amazing action sequence where he sets up all the traps? Yeah, so he's kind of set up the rigged all these traps, uh, kind of where he was resurrected, kind of Home Alone style. He yeah. set up all these traps and taking out. Uh, Dooms like all his, a bunch of his soldiers and the, his two right hand men. I don't I don't know the characters' names, but uh, yeah. pretty much takes them out. And like you said, Valeria makes a a force a Jedi ghost <laughs> appearance here and uh, is able to save Conan. And uh, after that, it's like okay, now here it is, Conan versus Doom, mano a mano. Th yep. These two guys. This is what we've been waiting for the whole movie. This guy that killed his mom right when he's there. This guy Conan, we know he's a badass. Oh, can't wait to see what happens. And pretty much just talk. Yeah. It's pretty much just talking. And then Conan's like, nah, I'm just going to cut your head off. And then, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. Yeah. And, and it's like, here's the head. And toss it down. And all the Colts guys are like, aw, man. They're like, man. <laughs> I guess I've got to go back to my work at like 7 Eleven. Yeah. I don't know, man. They throw all their little Colt flames into the water and they're just like, man, eh, let's disperse. <laughs> And then, and then Conan throws like uh, a thing of fire into like towards the top of the palace, and like totally misses, but somehow it still lights on fire. <laughs> like he clearly misses, wasn't anywhere near it. And so like I was watching it with, with my wife, and she's like, "How did that catch on fire? <laughs> it wasn't anywhere near it." <laughs> Just let the Conan experience happen. Exactly. And then the best ending of all after that, and Conan went on to have oh. many. <laughs> more fights and do many more things and surely we'll talk that tale will be told too <laughs> like <laughs> go watch the sequel because we definitely like earned it <laughs> it's just a picture of arnold with a screen crawl i don't think it is a picture i think, I, it's think just, right. I think it's just him just sitting there and they filmed it and they just panned out <laughs> oh yeah it's just like he's got beard down he's bigger and he's just like and it's just like Conan is still fucking best, and if you don't think so, you suck. And I was there, man. I saw it, and he—it's gonna be better the next time. Although it was a generic sword fight in the remake, they had the fight. They had the fight at least. At least there was like, okay, yeah, here I am to redeem. You know, my dad who you killed, and supposed to the original was just like, I am your father. It was like, whoa. Wait, what? <laughs> have fucking Darth Vader talking again? Yeah. What's going on here? He's like, I made you, so you must thank me. He's like, maybe I should thank him. No, I'm not! Yeah! Cut his head off. This is being way too generous and 
<laughs> like way too generous to the film. But I think it sort of underscores this idea that like at any given time, it, like you might have the right tool for the situation, but you just also might not. There are times where turning into a snake and like, you know, throwing, I mean, uh, shooting snake arrows is going to work. But then there's other times where like, you're just going to get your head cut off. Like sometimes Conan's going to kick people's asses or he'll be stuck to the tree of woe and have to be like resurrected. So there's a, a weird bit of fairness to that universe that yes, a witch can do crazy witch shit, but you just kind of toss in a fire. So like that, that works. And <laughs> everyone is flawed and has weaknesses in some way. But I think what I, why we like the allies in the film is because you can kind of shore it up with, if this one can show up here and I can do a little bit here, we can kind of get it done in the remake, it's singular, the, the man born of battle is going to be the one that gets it done. And like both films are literally doing that. But there, mm-hmm. there's a little bit more to it. And it seems in the weird inconsistencies of the first film, there is strangely some sort of cohesive universe that was built. Whereas I don't know about this pure blood thing. I don't know about this mask. I don't know mm-hmm. how the magic works. I don't know. It's true about both films, but like, why am I thinking about it more? in this remake. I, I haven't been able to answer yeah. that question for myself. I think it's probably just because it was set up uh, so well, the remake, and then it just, it didn't stick yeah. <laughs> to what it sort of set up for itself. And then you're just kind of like, well, what what about this? Right. <laughs> and what about this? And then the original is just like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. And I still don't know what's happening. So, okay. So yeah, it, it, it's consistent in it's sort of inconsistencies. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> As opposed to the remake where it's like, well, these are kind of the rules. Kind of? Eh, but probably not. We'll change them down the line, don't worry. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I get what you mean there about the original, just sort of knowing its world better and playing by its own rules more as opposed to the remake, where it's just like, mm, maybe we'll do right. that, or right. we probably won't address that again. It's unfair, but it's, it's unfair because the film itself set itself up to be grounded mm-hmm. in a bit of yeah. realism. I mean, completely unreal, but like, yes, this is how this universe kind of works, and then it just kind of flips. Like, he's this angry, bloodlust killer. And then he's kind of like a mellow guy that can kick most people's asses, but sometimes he can't. The original film, yeah, he's a slave, and now he's not, and now he's big. <laughs> and because because you've set that tone there, I have no idea what's going to happen from scene to scene. That I'm just allowing it to happen. I don't know, like, all that foundation work that they put into the remake, if they just stuck with it, you know, they really had something there. Because they... It, it was there. It was right there for the mm-hmm. sake. I know you mentioned uh, before the synopsis that there were multiple screenwriters. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. It's like, yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's like three different names on the script, and it's like, how do you put that many? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like such a simple plot. It's like, do we need three writers? It's probably writer rewrite yeah. rewrite. Right. So it's probably more most likely two rewrites, as opposed to three guys trying to figure out I, one plot. I, I think. The studio, maybe like around the time, like the nose thing, they were like, all right, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's start. Let's pull it back a little bit. Because at the same time, you need people to like Jason Momoa. There wasn't really any action that Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing that would make you say, oh, I don't like this Conan. But there there were, you know, there is a tipping point that I think they could have had the Momoa Conan fall into because of just how intense his sort of uh, bloodlust is. And maybe they were trying to balance that. And I think in mm. trying to strike that chord, they, they may have overshot that. Yeah, I get that. Trying to sort of not lose the audience that they sort of took some steps or sort of backtracked and sort of hurt themselves by doing that instead yeah. of sticking with their guns, which would have 
made it stronger of the story overall. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it, it's never, it's not just like one thing I can, I can point to that says, oh, they shouldn't have done that, they shouldn't have done that. I mean, really, the only real note I have is that the friend should have mattered more. And mm-hmm. it just, somehow that, that has just made my, I don't know. Like, I, I want to give this movie more liberties, and I, I'm, just, I'm just not in a way that I'm completely hypocritically allowed for, <laughs> for the original film. And I recognize that. I could see, um, I think I'd see like the original because I think you like the allies because like Arnold doesn't really talk a lot. Like we said, that thick Austrian accent. So you, you got a lot more of the, the allies kind of building him up. So, so they're the, the way they're kind of building up, like, Oh, they, they think he's cool. So maybe he, he's kind of cool. It's like helping you as an audience member, like help you with like the way you feel about him as opposed to the remake where it's like you're just kind of getting momoa and if you don't exactly like what he's doing then you're not gonna enjoy the entire ride with him i guess i think that's fair that's fair yeah so it feels like we're kind of getting to the uh, part where you say whether the movie should exist or not (laughs) so um i'll speak more on the original film in that segment as well all right, but I mean, before we get there, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Any characters, any of the action sequences, anything that stuck out to you in either film? Speak now, forever. Man, look, man, there, there wasn't much there. I think we, I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, should the remake exist? Yeah, I'll, I'll start by saying this: that even as we're talking. And like I said, the hypocritical line, I recognize that I'm being completely hypocritical here. The original film actually has a lot of movie sins that should be inexcusable. But, you know, there might be something to be said about star power. And we've talked about it in the past. That Like, we knew what we were getting with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, the entire country, the entire world really fell in love with this guy who could barely talk, but was an actor. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And... Honestly, one of the most <clears throat> successful ones that, that's ever lived. And this just random assortment of things that are kind of Conan-related kind of kick ass because Arnold's there just being mm-hmm. Arnold. The remake is earnestly trying to tell like a Conan story in a cohesive sort of way. And Jason Momoa, you know, he, he fits the bill. He's, he's big, he's tough and stuff like that. But they do so many tonal shifts. It's confusing. But I'll, I'll say this. Uh, to kind of wrap, wrap it. The remake should exist because that that building that they did in the beginning of the film actually mattered. And really, the movie, I feel like, starts to lose its way towards the end. But it, I've certainly seen worse films. Certainly seen worse films. And I think I'm being tough because of the impact that the original Conan film had. This remake was okay. Could have been way better and really like cemented its own place. But... It is a serviceable Conan film, good lead, decent enough story. I just wish they, they stuck the landing because they, they really didn't. But uh, I, it should it should exist. So I was really on the fence uh, about this. Like even coming into this podcast, I was just like, should it exist? Should it not exist? And I was really thinking about it, and it really does go into my feelings about the original film. Like how was the original film, and like did we need more of this or like another telling of this and 
like I said, I this is my first time watching Conan the Barbarian, so I know it's a cult classic. I know people love it, but I was fucking bored. I a majority of that movie, I was just like, wow, nothing is happening. Like I said, there's a lot of scenes where nothing's happening. We just have a score going on. People just walking around town, looking at shit. Sure, why not? We got a two-hour and seven-minute movie here about Conan the Barbarian. We don't need a two-hour, seven-minute movie about Conan the Barbarian. I mean, a lot of times I was checking the clock. I was like, how much longer is this movie? I understand it. Like, it's Arnold's first big movie. It's a cult classic. It's like, wow, this is it, man. I expected, I thought there would be a lot more action. And, you know, there was a decent amount. It was okay. And there were some good characters in there that I, I liked. But um, ultimately, I was just like, when is this movie over? Because it, it, it was long. So I was like, if the remake can just... <laughs> get things moving a little bit faster and you know just keep me a little more engaged and like you said the beginning was pretty strong i i liked the stuff with the young conan like how he's just like psycho and able to take out these four guys on his own i thought that was really cool and it, it was disappointing to kind of see it just kind of play it a lot safer with that character afterwards i i think if you just kept him like more steel like and just like harder and then like as he meets people then he kind of lightens up and just like learns how to work with people and because of that he's able to overcome evil i think that would have been a better film but that's yeah. not here or there but uh i just think if the action was better um the setup was better i was able to follow it a little easier because sure. that that original is just a little confusing so i know it's conan the barbarian and i shouldn't be thinking too hard about it um so i i'll just end with saying yeah i i'm gonna give it a, a good solid yeah it, it should have been made because at the end of the day i i don't think that it really like ruins the, what happened in the original because i don't think i personally don't think it was that great <laughs> what happened in the original film like maybe i gotta warm up to it by a few more viewings but yeah, like i said i was kind of bored and uh i do get kind of bored with the action sequences in the remake but uh overall i think i had a little more fun just because it was a little easier for me to follow even though it's kind of been done before and yeah i you can anticipate what's going to happen at the end of every action sequence sure the original kept me guessing but i was still just like uh two hours and seven minutes that was just the number i had in my head the whole yeah, time yeah. so i'll go with it. it should have been made the remake yeah yeah and i think what really puts this over the top is probably the same thing that puts the original on top the star power jason momoa is able to hold together this kind of flimsy plot he's likable enough and he fits the bill enough um they probably should have just gone full murder psycho because i mm -hmm. think we would have liked that film a little bit more because it, it's patently ridiculous but the original's patently ridiculous and yeah i think what i kind of like about the original so much it did do almost everything i didn't expect it to do you know i thought that this was gonna be like you know sword fight sword fight sword fight and like all this weird trippy stuff happens and like i think i just like the fact that somehow that exists in the world and enjoy just how ridiculous it can be but uh i i don't think that some of the reasons i like the film or why um, <laughs> people like the film and i think that because the remake did more of what you would expect i don't hold it in as high as regard but like you're you've made a lot of good points as to why there are many things that this remake does better than the original film even if I do like the original film a little bit more, um, actually a lot more, but uh, th there, there's a lot of things that I'm allowing myself to forgive. 
to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the original looks good. I mean, the set pieces look great. You know, everything's practical effects. So nothing done in computer. Um, you know, some stop motion with the snakes. The, <laughs> but but still, it looks good. And it does feel... I, you know, I kind of made fun of the, the music playing, and that's all we got for, like, five minutes at a time. But, like, it does sort of, like, suck you into the world. Like, now I was I was bored to some of those points, but I was also sort of, like, focused in, like, on the, on the world and that huge score that's playing in the background so um it's it's interesting <laughs> the original conan for sure uh didn't make all, all i didn't understand all of it but it sure was interesting uh the remake's a little more formulaic a little easier to follow which could make it boring in, in its own right but um i think the beginning's strong enough and like you said i think momoa does a serviceable job as conan um and uh yeah, I, I thought that it was all right, the remake. So, yeah, why not? Let's go with it. Like you said, the original was absurd. Remake's pretty absurd. That, that like you, When we were talking about that opening scene, about seeing the sword in the womb and the baby could see it, it's just like, yes. Yeah, well, if they had gone, if they just kept going that way, I think it would have yeah. been a much more enjoyable film. Well, you know, what's, you know what's funny about that? Like, uh, you were talking about the director. That's something you would do in a music video. You know, like, that's something that you would just do in a music video. And he's obviously very good at making music videos. And honestly, not that bad at making a, a, a major-length film. Like, Clash of Titans was way worse than this, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, it was. So, I mean, there's a win. <laughs> <laughs> hey! And we both did not think that one should exist. So, there you go. Yeah, could it be better? Yes. But, like, I think that the heavy investment on that, that young actor, Ron Perlman, early in the film saved this entire experience because mm -hmm. they they did such a strong job at the beginning that even when it started to get formulaic and like repetitive i was still thinking man like how are they going to incorporate that stuff because that was great and i wish they yeah. had kept that tone throughout but whatever yeah yeah solid foundation definitely weaker towards the end mm -hmm. but good enough yeah. so it's wonder woman <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna get. I'm gonna have to cut that, or we're gonna get. <laughs> I, I liked Wonder Woman. Anyway, I liked it too. I didn't like the Ares fight. That's all. Oh yeah, they, no. As soon as I always tap, <laughs> check out during every those CGI fights at the end of all these superhero movies. I don't care. Fuck. <laughs> all right, cool. So that's what we thought about the movies. Uh, let's think about the next episode, Reggie. What are we gonna do next? I feel like we haven't gone back to uh, this well. I mean, it's. A little similar to this genre, but I think uh, it might be a decent time to revisit a Western. All right. We can do that. We got a couple. We got 310 to Yuma and the uh, Magnificent Seven. Fine with doing any one of those. I guess if I had to pick, I guess I'd lean more towards 310 to Yuma because I'm less familiar with that. I'm sort of yeah. no yeah, Magnificent I was, Seven. I was actually leaning towards that film as well. Like I, I brought up because just like as I was watching Conan, I was like, you know, this would actually... Uh, just based on sort of what we watched recently with the comedies and the actors and stuff, I was like, uh, uh, it would make sense to do that. And 310 to Yuma, to me, felt like kind of the next thing if we were going to do a Western. So if you're cool with it, I'm cool Yeah. With it. All right, sure. Yeah. All right. Next episode, 310 to Yuma then. All right. All right. Well, 
Thanks everybody for watching, listening. Let us know what you think. Did you guys agree with us? Do you? I know I'm gonna get ripped apart for <laughs> hating the original so much or saying it was boring, but you know, I only watched it once. I'm sure multiple viewings would warm me up a little bit more. So let let me let me have it in the comments, guys. Have, <laughs> or or if you, you agree with me, let me know too. Have you tried pot? <laughs> <laughs> I was taking serious notes during uh, my watching Reggie. I couldn't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, we're Retro versus Remake. You know, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please, you know, give us that five star and a good review. It absolutely help us. If you're on YouTube, you know, if you haven't subscribed, definitely subscribe. Just give us a like uh, and definitely leave us a comment. Love reading those comments. Uh, if you have anything to say, Reggie. No, just uh, really appreciate you guys listening. I know, uh, be easy on Dan. I think he just, he missed the window. He missed the window on this one. He didn't get it, guys. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was uh, so bored. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there, there's, there's some ridiculously over, over long scenes in the film. But like I said, the world building is what got me. It's, uh, this is going to be what gets me in trouble. It's like Star Wars. The world building's <laughs> <laughs> what was good. All the crap in between. <laughs> <laughs> See, so now you'll get all the Conan hate. I'll get all the Star Wars hate. And, you know, actually, we should cut all this because we won't have a good iTunes. <laughs> we won't have any audience. That's all our audience is: Star Wars and Conan fans. <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, I, I just uh, yeah appreciate everyone that that's listening. Uh, we definitely seen some uptick in like the numbers and the comments and stuff like that. So you know, we're gonna keep making them, and hopefully, you keep listening. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dan Bulick. And I'm Reggie Parker. And this has been another episode of Retro, Retro vs. Remake. I don't see how bad that was. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be just as bad as all the other ones.